it is, other than jazz, it's the only other real American art form there is. There's a dirty little secret. I've said that if... Melinda Brown Duncan, baby! If it weren't my daughter, perhaps I'd be dating her. But he gotta eat the booty like groceries. You gonna die doing this, dumb ass, yeah. f***ing fool? Open your mouth like I give you this milk. Open your f***ing mouth, man. I gotta do you like my two-year-old baby. The truth of the matter is, you were not a good baby. Well, you ain't seen nothing, my friend, until you have a flame coming out of your butthole, and you need an asbestos diaper to be able to keep that flame from burning a hole in your pants. You ain't seen nothing yet. And I don't know nothing about it, but I learned quick, fast, and hurt. They call her Melinda Brown Duncan, baby. What? Yeah, it's, it's for real, for real, yeah. I've been drinking, huh? You told me to leave while I'm in my order while you're making out with that slut. Being in the industry with how much you take on your face. Bam, all upside his head, just slap them. They can make you slap somebody. This is her. This is the I'm 26 years old. You know, bring your kids. I had to take off my shoes. So kiss my black. I'm outraged. Not okay. Make fun of my nose. They call me ugly. They say I have no friends. I'm a made man. What do I get? I was like a pack. Watching other guys that are doing what I want to be doing, and I'm sitting on the couch being a loser. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show. Back from, I guess, yesterday. I don't know why the hell I why the hell I opened it up that way this morning. We're online for you at WRQK.com. If you missed the very deep show yesterday, you should probably go listen to that. I feel like we hit on a lot of good things yesterday, handled a, a lot of deep subjects is what people kept telling me. But I felt like we did it well. And if you missed that show, you can podcast at WRQK.com. Yeah, it was nice. I felt like people from a lot of different walks of lives appreciated the conversation yesterday. Well, so that was good. Why, you was know good. why? Because we're not out to tell the other side that it's their fault, no matter what the other side may be or who the other side may be. We're not out to place the blame. And I think both you and I are pretty good about uh, oh, I can common see your point sense. On that. Right, 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 right. Okay, and I can meet having, you halfway. At least having some sort of like, you know, agreeability there, but. I mean, you know, we try to tell people who we are. You definitely, lean, I, we both lean left. Matt's a little further left uh, uh, than I am. But neither one of us are so like, no, I got to stand up for my party that like I can't be moved. No, I got to stand up for common sense. I have to stand up for logic. I have to stand up for facts. So like, no, if that if that flies in the face of my party, I have no problem with that. I did get attacked a little bit yesterday online over some things that I had posted in comment sections of, you know, Facebook.com slash Stansbury show where the, where the argument continued well after the program. Okay. And I had made some comments about some things and they were just opinions. I, I, I don't really, I mean, it's not like I have it, you know, sore. And you know, it's not hasn't been, you know, through the Pew Research Center or whatever. But I think that part of this problem, and again, we're talking about Parkland here and school shootings, mass shootings, whatever you want to talk about, is that you know, there's a big conversation in this country about doctors overprescribing opiates. Dude, I'm telling you, I think when you look at the number of mass shooters who have been on antidepressants. I just think there's, we're misdiagnosing this, or the, maybe the medicine doesn't work as well as we think they do. But if you attack that medicine, people who are on it, who feel like they benefit from it, then just view you as a demon. And it's like, no, 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 no. I'm not saying the medicine doesn't help some people. It does. But there are natural antidepressants in this world. And, dude, many scientists have said that the ocean and, and, dude, getting lost in the forest, or not lost, but walking around, are both very big natural antidepressants. And I feel like we treat mental health in this country wrong. I think it's like 45 minutes in the waiting room, 10 minutes with the doctor, here's your prescription, go home. And I'm not sure that that's the best way. 
and that I think that there is definitely an argument to be made that there's something that there's a correlation. But if there's a correlation between the gun and the shooting, I think that there would have to be a correlation between this and that. Well, as well. Right. I mean, I think that's the point you and I both tried to make it multiple times yesterday. Is that like this is a multifaceted, you know, it's we're, not one we're, thing. right? We're going to have to have a multifaceted solution for this because it's 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 a very complex problem. I think a part of the problem is is that people don't want to have these conversations where you and I are very open and very like, all right, well, maybe it doesn't make sense, but we can talk about it. And I guess that's partially our job. Well, that's the freedom in not having such a, a, a about not being. It's the freedom that you have when when the cause isn't yours. When you realize it's a cause and you're just going to talk about it and realize, well, I'm not all in on that camp, though. So I don't have to take all of everything that's in that camp as, like, gospel for me. If if if, if you're afraid to have, like, that conversation of, like, well, no, we can't even talk about gun regulation. Or, no, we can't even talk about, you know, taking medications away from people or, or, or reevaluating. And it's, like, it's so there's so clearly a problem for you to deny what could be a solution. Like, if... If we if we have this conversation, if we go down this rabbit hole and it turns out it doesn't work, I'll side with you. I'll say like, okay, that was that was an ineffective way to deal with this problem. But if you're just cutting things off at the past, like, no, I refuse to even move, like walk down that street. It's like, well, well, then we're never going to solve this. I know I beat this drum a lot, but I'm not anti-gun. I'm not. But like, if we're gonna allow people to buy certain guns. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to demonize them all. And again, I don't really get caught up in the assault rifle thing because that was a term that was created. So you would you would have a little bit bit more fear in something you don't totally understand. Gun people, I'm with you on that. I think I dude, I think do these things get demonized in a way that I'm not sure is 100 percent accurate. But when you think about the fact that you can go in and do that and yet we're restricting marijuana to this country is crazy. Sure. That's crazy because my whole thing with marijuana has always been in a free society. You don't need a reason to make something legal. You need a reason to make it illegal. You don't need a reason to make something legal in a free country. You need you need a reason to make it illegal. And I'm yet to hear a solid argument on why marijuana should be illegal. I'm yet to hear a solid argument on it. Now, maybe I don't want to hear a solid argument on it because I'm a fan. Right. And I and I think it could benefit all of us financially in a million other ways. So maybe maybe that's where I'm too staunch. I don't know. I don't think so. When so many places use marijuana in a medical capacity and a part of it is, at least for mental health, where people often talk about like, oh, I have anxiety. Well, dude, smoke a J. You'll be fine, bro. Um, Should that play a part in the gun discussion as we talk about like, well, if 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 how do you mean? Well, if you have mental health issues so much so that you need medication, whether it be marijuana or Valium, should it be like, all right, well, at this point, we've we've established that a gun is outside of outside of, you know, you, you're not right in the head. You're you're admitting that. Right. I, I did remember it was. What two months ago, where I was on, where I, we were on the show, and I was telling people, dude, if I were you, I'd start walking back how much you talk about how you're depressed on Facebook. If I were you, I would start talking to, you know, stop talking about how much anxiety you have because sooner or later, they're going to take freedoms away from you because of over mental health issues. Like, we're going to, we're going to, if you don't think this country is going to debate whether or not, oh my God, well, you're not mentally healthy. Should you drive a car? Like, if you don't think that conversation's coming, it's coming. Validity to that? I don't know about that. I don't know. It, I mean, I mean I, it, it, so, 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 all right, well, we can't take guns away, but all right, so it's a mental health thing. All right, so you have mental health issues, so we should be able to take your, you know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like, well, then where's, where's the answer? I don't, well, I mean, I don't know, but I, I know that a nation full of people who are posting about how depressed and how anxiety ridden they are, that is going to come back and bite you in the ass. And also, I think it's a little bit deceiving and 
I don't want to say wrong, but I think people have a very big misconception of what depression is. Depression isn't like, I don't feel like going to work. That's not depression. Depression is your mind telling you you're not good enough and that you will never be good enough. Yeah, the self-diagnosis of Americans. I it's, mean, I mean, it's pretty what I mean? crazy. I have ADHD because I can't read a book. And it's like, no, dude, you're, you can't read a book because you're on your phone. Like, no, like, <laughs> right. those are two different things there. I mean, I would definitely agree that... These machines, and by machines I mean phones, have definitely led to the reduction in the amount of the attention span the average person has. I don't think you can argue that. Yeah, but that's not ADHD causing that's, it. That's your phone causing it. That's your it. phone right. causing so it. Right. To be like, oh, I need, like, yeah. I mean. But it releases that dopamine in your brain every few minutes, every time you check it. It's a lot like drugs. They've, they've actually made that correlation that, dude, the, the, the checking of your social media timeline, it does. It releases that dopamine, much like, you know, doing drugs would, and it flicks that happy receptor in your brain, and you're like, oh, I need this. And no, no, you don't. And ultimately, you'd probably be better off. But I, you know, I said a thousand times yesterday, and I'm sure I'll say it a thousand times today, that it is not a one issue. It is that I believe that it is a combination issue between, yes, I think there is a gun issue. And yes, I think there's a mental health issue because I don't think you could take a gun, walk into a public place, fire it and kill 17 people and be mentally healthy, right? Like, I don't think any normal, mentally healthy person is going to do that. It's not like, oh, my God, I had a bad day, so let me, like, rip off 17 shots and kill, you know what I mean, kill this many people. That would never happen. It's There's a mental health problem in this country, but we don't want to discuss it. As a matter of fact, I'm always going to go to this. I will always, always, always go to this. Brandon Marshall, a wide receiver in the NFL, tried, and he was told shut up, and he was fined, and he was actually taken out of a game for trying to wear shoes that had a message about mental health. But yet... A year and a half later, we're allowed to call the entire country racist because that's the mentality we have towards mental health. Shh, don't talk about it. Shh, shh. Because most people don't want to admit that they may be suffering from this or that there may be signs of it, but it's obviously a component in it. And if we have overprescribed opiates, which I would agree we probably have, I don't think you could end up with the epidemic we have without that playing a role in it. I still think it's about the addict, but yes, that there were people who were overprescribed opiates for sure. If doctors were going to overprescribe that, they weren't overprescribing Ritalin, Xanax, or all these other pills. Why do you think all these rappers are all on Xanax? Because everybody they know has a, has a prescription. And that's crazy. Not everybody they should they know should have a prescription but dude you go into an airport oh man i don't really want to take this plane i'm a little nervous about flying somebody just sit next to you you'd be like here you want some xanax because that's how much of it is around there's no way everybody on these pills needs these pills now if you're on them and you feel like they're helping you i know you think that i sound like an idiot right now but the reality is not everybody on those needs those there's absolutely no way that's possible we need to rethink a ton of things. And I said this a thousand times yesterday, probably going to say it a thousand times today too. Until we delete the two-party system, none of this stuff will ever get fixed because all of that machine is all built on making you and I argue back and forth so we never get anything done. Until we stop that, realize that, and demand more dem- and take action, not just say, take action and demand more, nothing will ever get fixed. Nothing. It's just the way it is. There's a reason why it's just arguing back and forth, and it's because that's what keeps the machine moving. They, the last thing the government wants is you and I side by side looking back at them like they're the problem. They want us to fight amongst one another because they know if you and I unite, we oust them tomorrow, and they're scared to death of it. More Stansberry Show right around the corner. Hang on. The Stansberry Show. Rock.
Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show on Rock 106.9. We're online for you at WRQK.com. I do not want to harp on this all day. I really don't. Um, but it was obviously a, a massive tragedy in the country. We're going to have to address it a couple of different times. We're talking about Parkland, Florida, obviously. But I just took one of these during the break, and I took a lot of them yesterday. And I want to be careful about what I say here. Because I'm not out to attack the religious people. I'm really not. But I keep seeing this is that the problem's not guns, it's hearts without God, homes without discipline, school without prayer, and courts without justice, and all, all this stuff, right? Dude, it's n- I don't personally don't believe. Let's, let's, let's set it up like that. I personally do not believe that a lack of prayer is what's doing this. And I'll prove it to you pretty simply. You know who some of the most deeply religious people there are in the world? Islamic extremists. Those are some of the most deeply religious people you can find. Now, you disagree with their religion, but that is, that is, a, that is a very much allegiance to what they consider God. So they got a ton of God. Flying planes into buildings, blowing up stuff, all that kind of stuff. So no, I'm not sure more God's the answer. I'm not sure school prayer is the answer. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. And do, don't a lot of the times... The, the, I don't know. I didn't pull up, and I should have. But the amount of these shooters who are from deeply religious Southern Baptist kind of states happens all the time. I um, I I, I, I guess I'm going to look at this from the perspective of like, do I think that you know the faith based community has a role to play with what happens in society? Yeah. So like maybe churches have dropped the ball a little bit, or maybe the lack of faith within society right now, you know, takes people away from structure and you know what could have happened there. But that's not the point this person's trying to make. This person's just saying, well, if you pray more, then it's going to be better, right? You know what I'm saying? Like you're not making you're not making a real point there. You're just like you're just waving what you you view as virtue in people's faces saying, well, that's why it doesn't happen to me. And you would that's hate, why it doesn't happen to my community. And you would hate it if it happened the other you, way. You're not, you're not having that conversation in the sense of like the bigger picture or like really trying to get to the bottom of this. You're just trying to feel better about yourself and who you are. I don't, yeah, I don't believe. Now, I would agree that more discipline in the house we need that. Like parents have kind of fallen down on the job in the last 25 years. You've told your kids how special they are and that nobody should ever criticize anything they do. A little bit more discipline in the home for sure is needed in this country. I'm not sure it prevents this. Um, I, I think that, I think that, you know, a reevaluation of parenting and what it means to be a parent, it, it does, did it, did it stop what would have happened yesterday? I don't know. Could it reduce the overall problem? I would of, imagine. Of these things? Probably sure. a little. But like, but once again, that's not the conversation that people want to have. The conversation people want to have is I'm a good parent you should be a better parent like me that's why my kid's never going to shoot anybody because my kid you know that's that's the conversation they're having. And school prayer would work in the complete opposite direction if you start forcing a religion on people who do not subscribe to that particular religion it's going to create more controversy and more anger. So I, I don't buy the school prayer argument. And that's coming from a son of a minister. I don't buy that. There was so much prayer in my house, you wouldn't even believe it. My brother still had plenty of problems. Plenty of problems. Now, he's not a school shooter, but my brother had plenty of problems. So did I. I wasn't a perfect kid. You guys have heard a lot of the stories I've told on the radio. There was so much prayer in my house, you couldn't stand it. My dad would pray so much, it'd make your stomach turn. I, dude, I told you guys, twice on Sunday, once on Wednesday. That was the church schedule in my house. Church had to go to the building. I had more church than most people will ever have. I don't think more God necessarily does this. As a matter of fact, guys, let's not forget about the fact that more blood has been spilled in the world over the name of God than anything else. 
Like it's it because of the perception of what you think your God said versus what that person's God said. And no, my God's right. Your God's wrong. Here comes the bullets. Like, so I'm not sure that that does that. People looking for easy answers. I mean, that's really what it is. And I understand that in moments like this of something that's so horrific, so awful, so terrible, you do want an easy answer. You do want it to be just simply as I as pointing at something and saying it's this. It's this. It's, it's that's not going to be that easy. It's crazy. It, it's it's just I it, like I said yesterday. It's multifaceted. It's it's a complex thing. No complex thing comes down to this thing. Do I think more, honestly, more discipline? Yes, absolutely. There should be more discipline in the home. And telling your kid that he's special or he or she is the most special thing in the world and that nobody should ever criticize anything they do is leading to some of this problem. Some. Like I always say this about my parents. My parents used to tell me this all the time. Daniel, we think you're special. Nobody else in the world is going to treat you as if you're special. We'll do it. You're ours. We love you. You are our pride and joy. But nobody else in the world is going to think you're special, Dan. So you're going to have to go out of your way if that's the treatment you want. But we're not going to give it to you and build you with this sense of entitlement where you go out in the world where you expect everybody to treat you the way we do. We're just not going to do that. So that's a part of it for sure. But like I said yesterday, this is going to take two groups of people coming together and deciding that, you know what, you're making good points on that side. Oh, well, yeah, you're making good points on that side and finding a middle ground. But you can't do that because in this country, professional arguers then feel as if it's a it's a sense of weakness if they give in just a little, which, of course, is where everything gets fixed. It's not on the left side. It's not on the right side. It's in the middle side. That's where all the power is. But they can't do it because they have to admit that the other side's partially right. And that doesn't spin well on blogs. It doesn't spin well on Twitter. Oh, my God. You're not really. You're a rhino. Republican in name only. You're not a real Democrat. Because if you were, you would never give an inch. That's the arguments we have. I say it all the time. This country won't argue about whether or not we should do things. We'll argue about how we're going to do it for 10 years so we never do it. And that's part of this issue. But pretending that it, like, if you smack your kid more and you, you read them Leviticus, that they're going to turn out great is crazy. These are the same people that think you can pray away gay, which is, of course, ridiculous. You cannot pray away the gay. Not as And let me make this abundantly clear to all of you, too. Gay is not something you should have to pray away. There's nothing wrong with it. It's, it's not your version of normal, but there's nothing wrong with it. So quit trying to pretend like you have to pray it away. You're not going to pray away all of life's problems. I could also sit in here, if I really wanted to, if I really wanted to mock you, I could sit in here and talk about how honestly praying at the end of the day is really just sticking your head in the sand. But religious people, I'm going to throw you a bone right here. You ready? I'm going to throw you a bone because I can feel a lot of you pulling away from me right now. What Joy Behar said the other day on The View about Mike Pence and his Christianity is mental illness is crazy. That woman should be punished, suspended, I don't care, fire, whatever. But at the end of the day, people always tell me, this is a Christian nation. No, it's not. She was able to say that and still has her job. Go on The View today and say Islam is mental illness. She'd be fired tomorrow. We're not a Christian nation, bro. If you can say that about Christians and not be suspended, we're not a Christian nation. It's as simple as I've been saying it for years. This is not a Christian nation. As a matter of fact, if you go all the way back to the founding fathers, they have a million statements the other way. It's not. And I don't think prayer in the home fixes school shooting. I really don't. Does it hurt it? No. But I don't think it fixes it. More Stansberry Show right around the corner. Hang on. Toby Boys brought popcorn. The Stansberry Show. Because I'm about to put on a show. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9.
Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. 7.30, we'll pass out some charge tickets. 8.30, we have a gift certificate for Raising Cane's, which, by the way, Fantone's going to be there uh, a week from today. Uh-huh. From 2 to 4 in the afternoon. Indeed. He's never had the Raising Cane's. And, bro, I drove by it yesterday. Signs all up and ready to go. I feel like it's next week they open on the 20th, I think. Correct. But you'll be there on the 23rd from 2 to 4 in the afternoon getting people hooked up with uh, what Kid Rock tickets, right? Uh, dude, we got all sorts of things. I know I'm going to have charge tickets that night where I got a little tickets to go see the American Badass. But, like, Raising Cane's, if you're not hip to it, if you haven't heard of it, if you're like me and you've uh, you've never been there before. So, Raising Cane's is essentially the best at what they do. And what they do is chicken tenders. Crinkle cut fries, coleslaw, and some good ass garlic bread too. That's and at first I was like, dude, that's all they sell. You're telling me that's all they sell, and everyone's like, yeah, that's all they sell because that's all they need to sell. It's Texas toast, and it's okay. delicious. Oh, see, see, I haven't even been there yet, dude. I'm telling you, you've had Texas toast. In yeah, your I life. have. I course. know you have, but dude, not like that. Okay, it is honestly. Not to take away from anything else, but it might be my favorite thing that's in the box. Really? Like, dude, it's that good. Really? It, dude, it's like cake. There's, wow. I mean, dude, the, the taste of it is so good. It might be my favorite thing in that box. Dude, give me a box of the bread. <laughs> box of bread. That's what Stan's Ray needs. More carbs. Get the carbs in there. But a week from today, uh, catch Pantone at the new Raising Cane's location, 2 to 4. And uh, obviously the afternoon. That would be yeah. crazy if we made you go there at 2 o'clock That in would morning. be crazy. That'd be a little nuts. Okay, one more on this Parkland thing. <laughs> one more on Parkland. And then we're going to talk to Munch at 7 o'clock. We'll start lighting it up just a little bit. Now we're going right. to get back on this a little later in the program. But I, another one of these solutions I, kept, I, I keep seeing is arm teachers. Okay, well, before I go into why uh, other reasons why I think that's crazy, should be pointed out there was an armed security guard in Parkland, Florida. They had one. Okay. Now, it wasn't every teacher in the classroom, I know, because I know that's going to be the pushback I get. But... I think on average, I think we looked it up once on the show, um, and I'm sorry if I'm wrong on this, but I'm pretty sure we looked it up once, and the average salary of a high school teacher is around $35,000. Right. And I don't think that's crazy out of line. I think uh, they're wildly underpaid. I'm saying I don't think my estimation's crazy out of line. I bet, I, I bet I'm pretty close, right? Yeah, you're probably within 10000 I mean, I'm, what are we talking about? I'm, yeah. in, I'm within the margin of error. Under fifty for sure. Okay, there we go. Perfect, right? That doesn't seem... It seems to me like... I mean, these people teachers now are already taking money out of their own pockets to buy school supplies. Sure. So now we're going to put a nine millimeter on their hip and they got to weigh the decision on whether or not to pull a trigger to kill your kid. I mean, are, are we giving them guns? I mean, like, is yeah, that, that, that going to be happen? like, is somebody paying for that gun? Is that going to be, and, and obviously there needs to be training involved with that. I mean, we just can't give people guns and be like, Hey, protect my kids if they're not a responsible gun so, owner. So some sort of training has to happen there. iPad for the student. No, the, you know, a really good teaching tool, a learning tool iPad for the student, no, but nine millimeter for the teacher, yes. I, I understand the pushback. It's barroom logic. It's what I've always say. It's barroom logic. Where it, at happy hour, it sounds like it makes sense. An application, I don't think it does. It um, it, it I could be wrong. It's the thing I'm going to say about it is is like there's plenty of arguments against it, and I think one of the really really good arguments against it right now is at this point we can't trust our teachers to not have sex with students. I mean that's a that's a true to the heart. I constantly to God, go to that. Honest yeah. to God, problem in this country right now is teachers having sex with underage students. So like to put more responsibility into that, I can understand why that causes pause to some people. But I will say. 
I'm not 100% against this. If this is a teacher who's like, hey, I own a gun. I feel comfortable using this gun. I have all the correct you know, documentation. I've taken this class, this class, and this class. If the school district feels confident about that and feels like that's a part of their, of their solution, I'm not, I'm not 100% against going down that rabbit hole. I don't think that's out of line. Mm, I'm not ready yet. I'm I'm sorry. I'm not ready to go there yet. Another one of these arguments or you know points people will try to make is well do we have a lot of veterans who come home who have a hard time finding a job working themselves back into the thing. Of course. So why don't we hire veterans and put them in the schools and give them, you know, they're obviously trained in weaponry and that kind of thing. And again, I think there's some barroom logic in that. However, you know what's going to be a huge part of that conversation will be the amount of soldiers who come back with PTSD. Yeah. And so uh, you're going to have parents going, well, wait a minute. I, I, we're told that what? A cert- I mean, it's a pretty high percentage, they say, that come back with PTSD. So now we're just going to give them a gun and let them roam around the hallways? There's going to be people who look to... who. Honestly, and they're not going to be wrong about it. Like there's, there's, that's going to be an issue. Now, if we test and we find out and they get cleared, I am more for it because I believe somebody who selflessly gave themselves to the country to protect it would do the very same thing in the hallway. Well, I mean, like we said, you know, yesterday there was an armed, I believe, an officer of the law I, yesterday. Correct? I, I believe so. An armed I, officer. Of they the kept law. calling it a security guard in the articles I read, but I don't know if that was like off-duty cop turned security guard for the school. That I don't know. At that point, essentially, those veterans would have to become law enforcement officers because I don't think you can just have troops walking around. You know what I'm saying? With like, and and there's a little bit of sadness to me. Too that armed troops have to be protecting students in America. If that's if that's the case, like- I mean, the same people who were telling me that a military parade in D.C. feels like you know like a dictatorship. What do you think? I mean, dude, M16s in the hallway doesn't feel like a third world. Like you know, that doesn't feel like a police state. Now I understand that it's the safety of kids, and so we got to examine things. And again, I'm going to meet everybody in the middle here. All right, because that's where I feel like everything gets done. When it comes to the safety of kids, we should ex- we should examine a lot of ideas, even ideas I disagree with, because just because. I disagree with it doesn't mean I'm right. Uh, what's going to be the appropriate number too? Is it going to be like, all right, well, based on if you have a thousand students in your school, it would have to be by by amount of students. I would think. So is one per hundred? Is it going to be like ten dudes walking around at all times, armed to the teeth? Is it going to be one? You know what I'm saying? Like, where does there have to be one in every classroom? Does there have to like where like where is that? What do you, now? What do you think now? Because this is the who's the, paying for that? Well, I mean, nobody. You know, ultimately, I mean, at the end of the day, people don't want to pay anymore for the schools to be any better which is part of the, I think it's part of the problem that we're in right now but I hear this a lot too and Aaron actually just sent this in said dude it's pretty simple just any teacher who already has a CCW who wants to carry in school let them carry in school well okay okay again I, I believe you're on the path of a halfway decent idea there although I'm not sure how many teachers are going to have CCWs I, I would I would imagine that this that that stat is actually going to be pretty low I would think I would imagine Maybe this is the you know the media you know forcing bias in my brain. Maybe I just am believing too much. But I would imagine most teachers are probably going to lean more liberal, and more liberal probably mean a little bit more of an anti-gun mentality. I could be way off base there. I have nothing to back that up other than just observation and opinion. So I could be way off base there. But I that would be my opinion on that. I'd be interested to see those numbers. But I don't think that that's enough. In the mean, so it's going to be spotty. Right. Like we're just right. going to this I mean, one school has zero. This other school. school has- Got every 10. teacher right. I mean that uh, that to me doesn't fix the overall problem. 
it's a combination of all of these things, I think. And the pro- like I've been saying all morning and probably been hitting it over the head too many times, where it's like, dude, until we all start to admit that, yeah, man, let's take a piece of your idea, we'll take a piece of Fantone's idea, we'll take a piece of Stansberry's idea, mix it all up in a blender, and surprise, we have a solution. But that's not what we want to do. We just want to argue about why our solution is better than their solution, and it's that's where everything gets lost. I don't think it's any one particular thing. It's a little bit, you're going to have to borrow a little bit from all ideas ideas, find it, and then do it. But I just don't, I, I just, we're just not good at that. I don't know if this country's ever been good at that. I think we all look back in history and go, the good old days, and it's like, well, were there really good old days? I mean, probably not. I just don't think we're very good at it. But I, I am a little bit of a pessimist. I would agree with that. We will talk to Munch on Sports on loan to us from Fox Sports 1350 everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. We'll do that next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. All right. I like it. I like it a lot. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Online for you at WRQK.com. We do it every single Friday at 7 o'clock. We talk to my good buddy, my actually my first boss in the radio business, Mark Munch Bishop, Munch on Sports, on loan to us from Fox Sports 1350, everywhere on the free iHeartRadio app. Munch, how are you today, buddy? Gentlemen, I am superb, and I want to start off with something. Usually you do, but just to get this out of the way, just maybe, just maybe it wasn't Kevin Love. Just maybe it wasn't LeBron. Don't know if you know this or not, gentlemen, but before Isaiah Thomas joined the record of joining the Lakers, hello, they were 12-4. and four. Nice little rug for an average team, okay? Since he's been there, they were 0-3. He got tossed two nights ago getting to a scrap with Rondo because Rondo was left on about his tribute video that never happened. And last night against the Timberwolves, guys, does this sound familiar? See 15, all of five from three, Yeesh. five turnovers, seven points. I have a feeling it was the runner that was a problem. Yeah, no, I mean, Isaiah Thomas, it, it is definitely starting – to look more and more like he's a toxic person. Like his personality reminds me a lot of like an ex-girlfriend I had. Like, dude, you just got to get this person away from me, dude. And and sure enough, when when I when I broke up with that person, in translation, when she like moved out on me and didn't tell me, when she moved out of my house and didn't tell me, like ultimately, like I felt like I was gonna die for three days, but then my life got like a lot better. <laughs> my life got a lot better. I want to talk to you, Munch, about about something that people down here in Canton are very, very, very excited and ultimately very hopeful. Oh. And that's that Cleveland and Canton have been chosen as the finalists, one of the five places, locations, to host the 2019 and the 2020 draft. What do you think the odds are that we actually land this? Well, you know what? I say, and again, I don't pander to anybody. If I say, guy, you know, something else, we'd be in trouble for it. To me, unequivocally, the ceremonies will be here in one year, in 2019. Wow. 2020? seems to be kind of an operator because guess what? Las Vegas gets a football team 2020, right? right. Yeah. And, I and mean, the, Ra- the Raiders. Vegas is a great city, a lot of hotel rooms. They got the space and all that. And, yeah, if you're looking to put a new team in there, you're going to try to wrap your arms around that community as much as you possibly can. That does make sense. Yeah, but, again, you know, they said that one city will get one year, one the next year. There's no doubt in my mind. No doubt in my mind. It should be happening every year, okay? It's. Isn't it football? Isn't it the Pro Football Hall of Fame? But I'm telling you, and I want to say, isn't football looking like the 100th anniversary, something that had 99 years in yeah. uh, 2019? To me, it's a slender. It's a no-brainer. The ceremonies will be in Canton. 
one here from this summer. You got to have it. And look at this, too. People realize now what Northeast Ohio has to offer. You know, we got the rock hall here, but originally the New Yorkers were like, no freaking way are the concerts going to be there. Oh, guess what? We got them every four years. Now we have concerts every other year, right. at the least. Those ceremonies should be in the great city of Canton at the Pro Football Hall of Fame every other year. Let's take it in 2019, blow them out of the water, and go from there. And, Dan, man, I want to say one thing, though. And I want to shout out Mr. Baker for all the improvements and everything that's going on there with the Pro Football Hall of Fame. But when the ceremonies come, I will beseech, I will place a call, I will pound the airwaves that it must include downtown Canton and the entire city of Canton. No doubt in my mind, 100%. I I couldn't have a bigger smile on my face right now if you paid me $100, dude. That was absolutely amazing to hear. I don't know if you've ever met David Baker before, but, dude, that guy is a bear, man. That guy is a giant human being. (laughs) And, like, honestly, we need need a man of that stature doing this work right now. I mean, throwing the whole city on his shoulders and carrying it uphill. um, The dude just absolutely amazing. So, uh, no, that's great to hear. And, Munchman, obviously, Hall of Fame weekend, you need a couch to crash on. Casa de Fan. Tone always open for you, buddy. Don't worry about that. Whoa, whoa! <laughs> there you go. I, I, I don't know who's, who stands very at that time, so I better say it with you. I, uh, dude, <laughs> I gotta tell you, Fantone, dude, Fantone, be careful what you wish for. You get munch drinking Jaeger bombs, and that's a night, dude. That's, that's a night. I don't know if you're ready to handle munch. I'll tell you one thing that has me a little scared—not scared, but but oh. but, I, but I find this interesting—is that all the other cities. Are it's like Denver, Vegas, Nashville, Kansas City, and yet when they talk about Canton, right. it's Cleveland slash Canton. So as a Canton radio host, what I worry is going to happen is, yeah, we'll do it at First Energy Stadium, and we'll do one pick from down in Canton, and I feel like if that happens, I'm going to be a little bit bummed out. Well, bro, I'm going to tell you something that would bum me out, too. Here is the thing. Right now, and we got to be honest with it, there probably aren't enough hotel rooms in Canton alone to do it. There's probably not enough in Akron and Canton to do it. You know, when there was a major concert downtown Cleveland until a couple of years ago, people were staying as far away as Sandusky. That part's been eradicated. No, but I'm with you. It's Cleveland and it's Canton. Do something at the convention centers. Uh, you know, make sure that the ceremonies. What was the new Tom Benson Stadium built for? Okay? I would agree. Ceremony, you know, for the Hall of Fame. Yeah. So you could put the... the same place where, uh, you know, the, the the gold jackets are given out. And here's the thing, too. What makes more sense? It's not slamming other cities. But, okay, when you're talking tying it into football, Grand Park in Chicago, that, that, that ties into football perfectly, doesn't it? Sure, oh, no. Yeah. You know, the Constitution Avenue in Philadelphia with the that ties into football, doesn't it? Hell no. You see what I'm saying? It's like it's a no brand. Let's just hope the NFL doesn't try to this one out too much. Yeah, I would, uh, I would ultimately agree with you. Um, I want to talk to you about Joe Thomas a little bit as we're talking to Munch, Munch on Sports. Weekdays, afternoons at 3 on Fox Sports 1350. You can hear him everywhere on the iHeart app as well. Um, Joe Thomas basically went on Twitter and like is dragooning Kirk Cousins to come here uh, to play for the Browns. Now, my, Munch, in my opinion, this is what's going on with Joe Thomas. And I think, that, I think his tweets yesterday make this really, really obvious. And I think he's gone to the front office and said, look, I'm on the line. I don't know if I'm really, I don't know if I'm coming back or not. But if you go get me a legitimate quarterback, then I'm going to do it. But if you bring me back for another year for a total project, 
I'm not interested. So I think he's basically putting the gauntlet out there, right? Like, dude, if you go get me a veteran, a guy I feel like he can do this, I'll come back. If not, I'm, I'm going to retire. Am I crazy? Not at all. But you know, Joe is sick and tired of it as much as we are. Think about this, guys. Two years back, he could have had a Super Bowl ring with Denver. He could have pounded his fist and say, my God, they want a third-round pick. You, you want to give them a fourth plus something else? Give them the freaking third. I've done everything you've asked me to do. You know, he's trying to hang tough. But, guys, this is a legitimate thing, and I'm going to hit you with it. You know how critical I've been of the organization. If you want to win next year, not this year, but if you want to win next year, Kirk Cousins is your ticket to winning. I'm telling you. I, I always so talk about that 9-7 and seven record. Is that 9-7 and seven a year from now? You might have to do six years from now, and you're going to see improvement now. Are there other quarterbacks, too, that can help get you there? There certainly are. And I can guarantee you this. Joe Thomas also looked at the quarterback last year. He walked last year. He walked by the room, and he goes, oh, my God. You got Kessler. You got Hogan. You got Kaiser. None of those guys won a freaking game. You know? Right. What kind of quarterback room is that? So, yeah, every right to do it. Every right. You know what? Does LeBron do it with the Cavaliers? Certainly does. No doubt about it in any way, shape, or form. Sure, he's got a right to come up there and talk. He's given his all and more for us, guys. If, if, if the Cousins experiment is to happen, how much is it going to cost the Cleveland Browns? 30. Oh, I'm glad you asked, okay? Other teams are talking to him when they're looking at uh, four or five years, $22 million. Well, he did say there's a priority in winning. You want to win the Cleveland Browns? It's going to cost you 30 a year. There's that's no doubt about so, it. Yeah. And that's what everybody should go, oh, trust the process. No, don't trust the process. You're freaking snowing me again and ripping stuff more. <laughs> that's what Lucy does, guys. Losing does that in a big, big way to you. I would, uh, I, we are in lockstep there, Munch. I totally agree. I think it's going to be 30 if you want Kirk Cousins. But it sounds like it may be A.J. McCarron because he, like, he got out of his deal with the Bengals and he's an unrestricted mm-hmm. free agent. We know Hugh loves him. Is A.J. McCarron going to be the Band-Aid temporarily? You know, he certainly would. And, you know, you talk about that bridge quarterback. Cousins is not the bridge. McCarron would be a bridge. I agree, you know what? Yeah. Even though he was great this year, you know, with Minnesota, Keenum would be a bridge too. Fools would not be a bridge. They could, you know, if they want to give up that number four overall to him uh, for Philly, there's a good chance that would happen. Yeah, McCarron could be a bridge, guys. Don't get me wrong. He's not Garoppolo, okay? There's no doubt sitting behind, uh, you know, uh, Andy Dalton for the years. Will he be more than a asshole? He certainly will be. Will he be a serviceable He certainly will be. Somebody said to me yesterday, so we're gonna, if you get him, though, you still need to take a quarterback in one guy. You still need to take a quarterback in if you get McCarron. So he goes, how will they learn from him? What do you mean, how will they learn from him? He's been sitting with a clipboard for how many years now? He's not an idiot. He sees things. He does things. In fact, look at example. Was he a stellar quarterback in the NFL? Heck no. Was he a serviceable quarterback backup? Yes. Sometimes, think about it, your greatest players are not the best coaches. Your guys that soak it and learn it are better coaches. Yes, he'd be a good, good mentor for quarterback. Normally, I would agree with you, Munch, but I sat, my, my first office in this business sat very close proximity to yours, the legend that you are, and I'm still an idiot. So I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm, not, here. I'm not sure that that, that, that that argument holds up. That's my good buddy, Mark Munch Bishop, Munch on Sports, every single day on Fox Sports 1350 at 3 o'clock, everywhere on the free iHeartRadio I app. Munch, thanks for joining us. We'll, we'll talk to you again next week, buddy. Again, and remember, Spirit, 
Don't be a hater. Be a facts data. That's exactly <laughs> right. Much, <laughs> more, more Love you guys. Show. You're lucky to have a show. Yeah, that's right. They're lucky. Damn right. More Sands Ray Show and can charge tickets right around the corner. You guys hang 106.9. Welcome back to the Sands Ray Show on Rock 106.9. I want to thank Mark Munch Bishop for joining us the way he does every single week. You can catch Munch on sports weekdays on Fox Sports 1350 at 3 p.m. Uh, shout out to Munch for having me on his show earlier this week. I know Stansberry was a part of the uh, the expedition of that, so uh, thanks, buddy. Yeah, I he called me. That. He was like, yo, dude, did you watch the Cavs game last night? And I was like, no, nah, man, I'm sorry. I missed that one. I was like, I know Fantone watched it. All right, homie, I'm going to call him right now. <laughs> <laughs> it was like over. But I was like, man, I was like, I can give you my opinion, but I didn't see the game, so. It was uh, it was so funny. Like, he, you know, he calls me, and he's all excited, and he's like, come on the show, brother. And I'm like, all right. So I spent probably like the next 45 minutes to an hour like compiling notes, like putting stuff together. And I'm sitting there doing that and I'm thinking to myself, I don't do this for like my radio show. Like why on earth am I doing all this for lunch? Yeah, I was starting to get a little annoyed when you were telling <laughs> us that story. There's a, there's a company in Stowe that is, uh, that is making this product that I wish we didn't need, but we, but we might, we might need it. And um, it is, if I have this right, Jason Henkel of Shot Stop Ballistics is saying everybody wants some protection for their kids in schools over this school shooting issue, right? Right. And if I were a parent, I would, and I'm not a parent, and I still want it. That's got to be so frustrating as a parent because you have no idea what to do here. Right. You know, you want to do something, you want the answer, you want to be able to like protect your kid, but I'm but sure. You can't. Uh, you, what do you What do you do? So what they have done is created a bulletproof. I don't know if it's plexiglass or they're calling it a plate. It's a bulletproof plate that they would put into a backpack. So if you were going down the hallway and a shooter was shooting at you that way, if it hit the backpack, it would stop it. Okay. Now, that's a great idea. Okay. That's a fantastic idea. Now, I know what a lot of people are going to say. What about the front of you? Okay, great. There, I, there's no way to eradicate all of this in everywhere, but at least somebody's taking a swing at this. It's just there was a little bit of me when I'm reading this this morning that felt a little... Now, I'm not knocking the company. It's great. But it, it just felt to me like there was... It's a little depressing that we need it. Oh yeah, I mean it sucks, dude. It's terrible, but it's like it's a necessity. We can we can be upset about it, or we can do something about it. So like I I, I I'll, I'll pat them on the back for that. And I would assume if you're in a shooter situation, you're using it as a shield. You're taking it off and hiding behind it, right? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I guess it depends on where 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 the shooter is in proximity to you. They make lightweight bulletproof vests that fit inside a laptop bag or even a child's backpack. And um, they usually cost around $120, which sounds like a lot of money, but shoes are like $200. If this thing that can protect my kid is less than a pair of LeBrons, I'm all for it. Now, I guess I would like to see what the success rate is. You know what I want? I'm saying because there's a part of me that's like, dude, you know what? Every single school, every single state, every single, you know, we should buy these and we should give them to kids. I guess you're going to have to, before you do something like that, you're going to have to, you know, see what the success rate is, see if they're really that, you know, if, if they're worth the money. But if they are, and I could see that being the case, like, then yeah, we should do this. Jason Henkel went on to say, in the event I'm ever in one of these active threat situations, I know that I can at least get down, get my head and upper torso behind it and have a fighting chance. I think they're more likely to say just kind of put your bag over yeah. you versus then you know take it out. But yes, uh, all he says it looks like a clipboard. 
and it can stop many rounds from a high-powered gun. He goes on to say, I have a 6-year-old and a 12-year-old. You bet they are wearing it. It's just another insurance policy. He says, it seems mathematically impossible. It's not going to happen to me. You don't need it until you need it. Then you really need it. Right. And he's right about that. 100% right. And unfortunately, I think he's also right to to say that mathematically, you cannot rule this out happening to you. No. I mean, I don't know how many examples you need of it. It's not like it's a a non-zero number we're talking about here. So it's certainly possible. This is something you're going to have to train your kids with. It's not like you can just put them on that, you know, put that backpack on them and be like, all right, well, they're fine. But I mean, but no, but I mean, like, you know, even from, you know, is it going to work if the kid, if if the shooter walks up and directly shoots you? No, but if you're in a classroom and you're all hiding somewhere, I'd much rather have something than nothing. You know what I mean? Now, Gary tweeting in and telling me at his kid's high school, you're not allowed to carry your backpacks around during the day, meaning you go to school, put it in your locker. And I get that there have been issues in schools where it's like, oh, maybe take the bags away and that way you can't hide something. Right. I mean, which, which I never uh, thought of that. Which way's better there? No backpacks and that way. Or every kid's you. got the backpack. Right. But you don't know what's in there. Man, I never thought about think that. About that. This is one of those things. And I, I kind of spoke on this yesterday is that, you know, we can't decide as a society or a country or whatever, you know, is it guns or is it mental health? Are you a libtard? Are you a conservative? What are you? I think we can all agree that, like, equipping schools with the technology that's available to us to to at least minimize the damage if this were to happen, that should be something we all agree on. Like, we talked about it yesterday. There's those, like, door locks that you, like, make it impossible for you to open that door. They slide underneath the door, like the crack at the bottom of the door, and then you pull them out to the left and to the right, and it locks it. Yeah. I mean, like, stuff like bulletproof glass, stuff like, you know, stuff like these book bags, stuff like that. I mean, it, it, you're right. It is sad that we need to address these things, but, but we, we do. do. And, like, I feel like, all right, so we can't decide on guns. We can decide on this, right? This seems very like, all right, we can get behind this. Are metal detectors part of the answer here? I don't see how not. I don't see how not. I know back in the day, the argument against metal detectors was, how much money? Okay, well... I don't know how you put a value on 17 kids' lives. Yeah, I was going to say, I can guarantee you, anybody who voted <laughs> against that, and if that were to happen in your school, you'd be like, oh, okay, that should I should have I should have paid for that. But not only that, like I would imagine by now that metal detectors are cheaper than they've ever been, right? They got to be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, dude, you can you? I mean, look at what's happened to cameras in the last 10 years. Look, look at look at like you walk into the queue or you walk into you know First Energy Stadium and they have a metal detector. It, Every single entrance, multiple metal detectors at every like, single I entrance. I gotta be so. wanted to go see Guns N' Roses. Right. Why do I not have to be wanted to go to Honors English? Yeah, and I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, you're, you're probably going to be able to point to stuff where it's like, well, people can still get something in. And it's like, but at least this is that's an attempt. So people like, are still getting things in on planes, right. but we have reduced it. Right. And like, I hate that about this country where it's like, well, unless you can eradicate it, then it's not good enough. Where I would say that a, re- a reduction in, 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 in school children being shot, I will take a reduction over nothing. Yeah, chipping away at the problem. Isn't isn't the worst there now? Granted, is it going to cause a logistics problem of like, all right, well, we've got a thousand kids walking into this high school. How many security guards do we need? How many you know metal detectors do we need? I don't know what the answer to those are, but like, I I I, I I'm okay with I'm okay with paying for security guards or paying for metal detectors as opposed to having to look at seventeen dead kids. I mean, right? Yes. 
I again, but I, you know, I'm the guy who says he's never going to have kids and still votes for school levies because I believe, I, you know what I mean? Like, I just, do you got to invest in these schools? You got to invest in these students. It's so much the silver bullet of everything, and it fixes so many societal problems if schools get better. And as a guy who's never going to put kids into these school districts, I still understand why that's important, and I still vote for it because it's so important. It's crazy that we don't do that. Like, it's insane, especially for people who send their kids there. Like, that, I'll never get that. I understand that there's going to be times when it's like, you know what? I'm not giving you more money. You've wasted it. How many times are you going to waste my money? How many times are you going to, you know, ask for more, ask for more, and then deliver nothing to me? Um, but something like this, I mean, sure, if, if they're saying, hey, we want to build a new high school and you're opposed to that, fine. But, like, make this its own issue of, like, hey, we're this is its own independent thing. I don't care what you think about uh, do we need a new high school. I don't care. Do you think do the administrators need a raise? This These funds will go directly to, you know, life-saving devices. You ready to watch me piss off everybody listening right now? Let's hear it. You ready? Okay. We have a high school football stadium here that I believe holds over 40,000 people, doesn't it? If we can have stadiums like that, why don't I have metal detectors and more protections against guns coming into the school? It's time we reevaluate what our priorities are. They are way, way, way out of whack. We have Canton Charge tickets. We'll send... Caller number 17 at 1-800-243-7625 will send you to see the Canton Charge. And Fantone scientists have figured out what makes me obese, and they're right, and I hate it. We'll give you that next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show, Canton's Rock Station, Rock 106.9. Hey guys, you got Stansbury here for North Kenton Collision. Those guys are adding to their already impressive list of services. They are now the only nine. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. we'll pass out a Raising Cane's gift card. A week from today, you can find Fantone at the new Raising Cane's from 2 to 4 in the afternoon. Dude, I'm so jealous. That's going to be so delicious. I uh, I can't wait, dude. I mean, I know I know, like I'm going to be there on the 23rd for from 2 to 4, but I might have to go earlier in the week just to get like a sneak preview of it. Me and a couple of the salespeople are going on the 20th Jeez. if you want to go. Jeez. When they open. It's delicious. I, uh, Texas toast is so good. I can't wait, dude. You keep talking about this Texas toast, man. I took your boys excited. Actually, a, uh, I believe a woman that worked there hit me up on Twitter. and She's like, just so you know, she's like, you keep talking about the toast. She's like, you could swap out the coleslaw for more toast if you want. Man. I didn't know that. Doubling up on that toast. Stansbury just getting the box of toast. Yeah. I want it. Dude, I said a box of bread. That's what I want. That's that's the last thing I need, though, is a, that many carbs. All right. I, uh, I, this one hurts because it's so true. I've known this about my myself forever, and now they've got science to back it up. Science is the worst, dude. It's, it really is. It's fake news, if yeah. I ever heard it. Yeah, it just flies in the face of my opinions, that damn science. <laughs> Stupid science. But researchers from Japan pulled 60,000 men and women with type 2 diabetes to rate their eating speed. They had three different options, Fantone. Fast, normal, and slow. They didn't have the Sansbury supersonic speed. (laughs) They didn't have that. The goal was to investigate the relationship between eating speed and obesity. No surprise, they found that people that eat at a normal and or slow speed were less likely to be obese. All right. Now, they define that as a body mass index, BMI, of 25 or more. Fast eaters, they say, 
much higher. Obesity in the U.S. is a little higher. It's pegged at about 30 versus, uh, you know, Japan, which is at like 25. Should be no surprise. We're the, probably the most gluttonous nation there is. But look at us moving the goal line there. Look <laughs> at us like Japan's like, no, 25 and you're fat. And America's like, eh, no, we'll be 30. Eh, 30. I'm not that fat. Look at that guy over there. He's pretty fat, too. Man, dude, come on, America. So the people in the study also received uh, some health checkups. They were asked about their other habits like alcohol, tobacco use, sleep, skipping breakfast, and the like, eating dinner within two hours of sleep and post-dinner snacking were the two were another two big ones on obesity. So essentially like the every time you read an article about being fat, it's like don't eat before dinner. So like the basic those things yeah. you the, the clichés of it. Okay. My old trainer used to tell me don't eat anything 3 hours from 3 hours before you go to bed. So like if you're going to bed at 10, you cannot put anything in your body outside of water after 7 o'clock. That was like his big thing is give yourself three hours before you go to bed where you're not putting food in your body. And it worked. Everything that guy told me when I had him worked. Now, granted, he worked me out four days a week and that helps, too. But, I mean, he really did have me changing my diet, and he was always the one that says, dude, you got to take that word diet and throw it out. You're not on a diet. You're on a life change. There is no short-term diet that puts you in good shape. This is a life change you're making. You were deciding you're not going to eat this way anymore. And it was really, really hard. It was difficult. And that's why a lot of people fail with it, because it is hard to do it. But I am a fast eater, and I have noticed this in my life, that the quicker I eat, the less full I get. And that's part of it is like they also say in this article kind of goes into this a little, not a ton. But again, another thing my trainer was always on me about was like, Dan, when you eat, I want you doing nothing else. I don't want you on your phone. I don't want you watching TV. I don't want you listening to music. A conversation with another human being, totally fine. Outside of that, I want you doing nothing else when you eat. I want your mouth, your mind, your body to obsess over what you're doing because what happens when you are distracted when you eat, it takes away the sensation of how delicious things are and how you're enjoying it and you just keep putting more of it into your body without even realizing it where if you take all distraction away and you just concentrate on the fact that you're eating you'll slow down you'll savor every bite and you'll end up enjoying it more and you'll get full quicker i think when people eat fast um you at that point just start that like that scarfing where it's and that's like i always feel like when i do that i'm not i'm not or i'm hungry i'm hungry i'm hungry i'm hungry and then all of a sudden you get punched with that like bloated feeling so you never even feel full you just go from like oh my god i'm starving into like oh my god i overdid it you know what i'm saying there's never that point because you're eating so fast and then all of a sudden it's like oh okay so this happened to me last weekend okay and um and i hit a breaking point over last weekend and it became very obvious like okay i know i joke around this uh, about this a lot and it's kind of funny and this and that but i realized last weekend like dude i got a real problem like i had a real food problem and i went to long john silvers okay now i love that yeah, Long John Silver's good. It's delicious. It is. So instead of getting like a two-piece fish meal, right. I was like, well, let's get an eight-piece family meal. Jeez. <laughs> so like, and I and so I got eight pieces of fish, the hush puppies, fries, Funny. coleslaw, and like a like a big huge gallon of soda. And now here's the thing. Now I did not eat it all in one sitting. Okay, I went home, but I ate half of it in one sitting. Now again, this is a this is supposed to be for like three, four people. I ate half of it, and it was because, like, seriously, like, I had at one point, Fantone, I took two pieces of fish and then put a layer of coleslaw in between them (laughs) and made, like, a coleslaw fish sandwich. 
And bro, like I was sitting there eating it at my kitchen, and like in in my right hand I had the fish sandwich with the coleslaw in the middle, and the left I had my hearts just sitting there, just eating it, and like I could feel myself getting out of breath from how fast I was eating. And I was like, Christ, what is the matter with you? What god size hole are you trying to shove fish in? Yeah, I mean, I um, I, I, I think there's plenty of times where I, I look at people and I say, like, well, how have you not hit rock bottom yet? You know, when you have to turn to walk through a doorway, it's like, dude, is that not your wake-up call? Is that not what it's going to be? But yeah, I guess standing there with essentially creating new fast food items, because I'm sure the people at that establishment are like, you know what? That's a great idea, Stansberry. You know, we should start selling those. <laughs> it was delicious. I mean, when you, when you get to that level, when you are essentially becoming a test kitchen for fast food establishments. Yeah, maybe a little bit of a problem there, buddy. Dude, I eat so fast sometimes that I'll have dinner with people and they'll ask me where where I served my jail time. Like, dude, why? Because do people who have been in jail, you eat really, really fast because you don't want people stealing your food, and you know you only get a certain amount of time and that kind of thing. Like, I've been asked, like, dude, where'd you do your bid? I'm like, I've never been in jail. <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? They're like, well, did you eat fast like somebody who's been in jail? Have, uh, so at, at this point, I think it's fair to say, and in the past week, Stansberry has entered the uh, the shut the mother down. Uh, I, I have been hesitant to talk about this. Okay. Because I, I worry, A, I don't want to be like somebody who just, you know, converted to Christianity. Like, let me tell you about Leviticus, right? Jesus. Okay. And like new people who are on, like, they're, they're like slimming it down and that right. whole thing. They get really annoying, much like the cord cutters. And I'm right. already one of those. Yep. You know what I mean? I'm already one of those. But yeah, so that was my breaking point last weekend where I was like, dude, you got to change your life. The fish coleslaw sandwich. Okay. Like, this is, this is crazy. Dude, I want one of those right now. I mean, it was so delicious. I, I, I guess there's a little bit of me that's like, I get that. I respect that. I, I, I mean, I, I certainly getting healthier is not a terrible idea for anybody. I'm a little surprised, though, dude. I mean, at this point, like, I thought you would just lean into it. I thought you would just be like, you know what, dude? I mean, this is who I am. This is what I am. Like, I'm surprised you're making this concentrated effort. Well, I did. And that's what happened. Is I, I'm like, dude, just lean in. Just, just, you know, just go all at it. And then I did, and I was like, you're unhappy because you're doing this. Like, I kept saying all last week, like, I think I'm sick. I'm just run down. And no, dude, I wasn't sick. You just weren't taking care of yourself. I just wasn't taking care of myself, and I felt terrible. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I guess that's a big part of the of the issue is when people decide, like, hey, I'm going to go on a diet or whatever. So often it's like, well, I'm going to lose weight. And it's like, well, what you should really be focused on is, like, I want to feel better. I don't want to feel like crap anymore. And I think you'd probably have more success with that. Instead of, like, being caught up on this arbitrary number of, like, well, what's the gravitational force on me right now? It's like, how do I feel? Like, am I okay with, with, with how, what I see in the mirror? Am I okay with how I feel as a person? Am I okay physically? every day and it's like if you're not I guess that's the point when it's like dude it's time, time to reevaluate here so again my old trainer Nate Miracle was his name by the way and he's fantastic if you can hire Nate I would totally recommend it Nate was fantastic that wasn't his, that's his that's his trainer name right? no it's Nate like Miracle that's, that's his, his real dude I gave him crap about it all name. the time I was gonna say dude are you kidding me Nate and Miracle Nate had a workout truck he brings it to you he opens the back door you hop in the truck he works you out and then you get out that sounds like an independent wrestler that sounds like somebody in Ohio championship wrestling coming out of the ring Nate Miracle! And he would always tell me <laughs> that the the big problem when people try to lose weight is is like they're obsessed with the scale. So he told me like the first day he worked me out, he said the first thing I want you to do is go home, take your scale, and throw it in the garbage. I was like, what? 
He's like, Dan, what's going to happen is, is you're going to work out three, four days a week. You're going to every day. You're going to obsess about the scale. You're going to get on the scale. You're not going to see that much movement and weight reduction, and it's going to depress you, and it's going to end up working in the, in reverse, and you're going to end up giving up. He's like, much like when you work out on those machines in the gym, and it tells you what how many calories you've burned. He's like, throw your towel over that thing because you're going to be sweating, feeling like you're going to die. You're going to look down. It's going to say you burned 80 calories. And you're going to go, why am I even doing this? He's like, you got to get rid of all that stuff and just concentrate on it. And I've been trying to rework his systems and I've actually, dude, I've been in the gym every single day this week. I have worked out for at least an hour every single day this week. And again, I didn't really want to talk about it because I'm so worried what's going to happen is in like a week and a half, I'm going to fall back and I'm going to be back to making, you know, coleslaw sandwiches out of fried fish. And it's going to be like, see, you couldn't do it. I've been worried about it, but I guess now they say, dude, if, if you put yourself out there, it'll hold you accountable. And that's what I did with the cigarette. So yeah, I've uh, I've been trying very very hard. It's only been a week, um, but I have no. People have asked me like, have you noticed anything? And I haven't no. I have not noticed any change in my body or anything like that. What I will tell you is, for this last week, I have thought more positively than I have in the last ten years. Like since, um, I mean, honestly, since the last time I had a trainer. Like I have. I am definitely less negative all throughout the day and how I feel like it has made a very in just a short time. It has made a massive impact on how I feel about myself, how I feel about everything that's happening around me. I'm just less like doom and gloom and I'll take it. Anything that gives me a little bit of that, I'm after it and I want it. And so, yeah, there's been a little bit of concerted effort. So you enjoy your raising canes where I don't get any, you jerk. I can't believe Fantone again will be there a week from today, two to four, getting you hooked up with um, some Kid Rock tickets he'll have. And also at 8.30, We'll give you a gift card so you can go check out Fantone next Friday. We'll do that, like I said, 8.30 on Rock 106.9. Good morning. The Stansberry Show. Or the God of your choosing. Best morning ever! Kent's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. An hour from now is when you'll get your first keyword of the day. We'll send you out to Los Angeles for the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Awards. LA is a great town to go to, but dude, it's a pretty star-studded lineup. The LA are the uh, iHeartRadio Music Awards. Is that right? Yeah, Taylor Swift, Chainsmokers, some other people that play on 98.1. I don't know. They'll be there, I bet. Ed Sheeran, probably, I think. Who knows? I didn't read it. <laughs> I didn't. It's star-studded. It is. It is. And it's LA. You'll not, have a good time. Not sure anybody plugs in an instrument. Trip to LA would be fantastic. It would. Oh, it'd be so good. Stansberry and I are jealous of whoever wins it. I uh, I miss the West Coast. I wouldn't want to live in Los Angeles, but it is a fantastic city to to go visit. I, I've I've always said there are, there are a couple of cities that I feel like it's almost irresponsible not to see. Um, Los Angeles, New York City, Washington D.C. Um, those are like where I feel like it's irresponsible not to see those three. The other two honorable mentions would be Las Vegas. In New Orleans, I just feel like Vegas and New Orleans are both so unique in their own way that no other cities really like them that you should kind of see those. But I mean, Los Angeles and New York are basically the brain and the heart of the nation and Washington, D.C. is where your leadership is. Like, I think everybody should see those three. You probably want to throw Strasburg in that mix, too, right? Is that right? Is that right? They <laughs> right? got a Denny's down there. Here, right, I was thinking, down there. here I was thinking you were going to actually bring like a <laughs> no, legitimate... No. You know, maybe Paris, dude. No, but no, Strasburg. Like Strasburg. Strasburg, get down there, baby. Strasburg, what up? <laughs> <laughs>
I, uh, I, uh, I wish I could do a little bit more international travel than I've ever done. I mean, I've been to Mexico and Canada, but outside of that. Yeah, that's a little bit of a, of a regret, I guess, of mine. Maybe not. But like as I get older and probably uh, you know have a little more opportunity to do those things, that's something I'd uh, want to do. Yeah, I'd like to travel internationally. I'd right. almost like to backpack through Europe. I know a lot of movies make that look romantic. That actually seems like something I would, uh, I would enjoy. I would actually like to do that. So Joe Thomas, Cleveland Brown. Okay. Went on the offensive last night, yesterday, trying to seduce one Kirk Cousins to come play for the Cleveland Browns. Now, I said this to Munch, and he pretty much backed me up and agreed that I think what this is Joe Thomas doing is not necessarily only about seducing Kirk Cousins. I think this is him outwardly telling the front office, you go get me a quarterback I feel like can play, and I'm going to come back. If you don't, I'm done. Yeah, I think it's very fair to say at this point, Joe Thomas is flirting with retirement, and understandably so, dude. I mean, you put forth, what was it, a bajillion snaps consecutively played or it something like 10, that? It was over 10,000. I mean, like, just an astronomical yeah. number. Um, you know, have put forth a Hall of Fame career on one of the worst sports teams in the history of sports, and I can see why it'd be like, dude, I don't know if I'm coming back for a cluster F. No, he says here, hey, uh, Kirk, I hear Cleveland's nice this time of year. It's not. And not at all. it's a great place if you'd like to have a statue someday. I mean, that's how low the bar is for the Cleveland Browns, that Kirk Cousins could probably end up with a statue outside of the stadium. Right, right, with a 9-7 and seven record. It'd be like, we are building you a statue, bro! But I like the idea of Cousins. I do. It's going to be a lot of money. But get over the money. Who cares? It's not your money. Whatever. <laughs> and not only that, but get over like the value of the money. This is what guys get paid now, right? It's I mean, not Kirk Cousins. It's the business. And 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 I know I know Jimmy Garoppolo kind of like set that, and everyone's like, "Oh my yeah, god, yeah. I don't know if he's going to be worth it." But if this is the bar that we're setting right now, then like you, know, you got to follow suit. And the thing I'll say about this, you sent me this article yesterday. It was uh, you know the Browns essentially hold the NFL's fate in their hands. Yeah, I read that. Yeah, because they have so many different moves that could like change the power lot, structure. Yeah. Um, I know nobody wants to do this. This, but I kind of want to tip my hat to Sashi Brown right now. Dude, they have so much money and so much flexibility right now. They really can. The Browns can kind of do whatever they want. If they see somebody walk by them and it's like, you know what? I want that guy to play for my team. Here's $20 million. And they're going to be like, all right, bring him on. He did good things to free up money and picks for the future. He did bad things for immediate success. I think, yes, I, there there were some positive things that came out of the wrong that Sashi Brown did, I would agree with. Now, you brought up um, A.J. McCarron as a possibility because uh, he's, walking like out, he's walking out of the Bengals as a free agent. Well, the thing I'll say about that is if you bring A.J. McCarron in, um, you're obviously still going to bring in a quarterback with either number one or the number four, and it opens up that, like... All right, now we've got a Band-Aid. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, now we've got a Band-Aid. Somebody can learn from A.J. McCarron. We can still use that fourth draft pick on either a, a, a you know a skill position or a an offensive lineman, which I think is what they need to do. Or, you know, at least you have some, you got that flexibility. What I, Here's what I like. Let's go Dragoon Kirk Cousins and pay him way too much money and okay. get him to come here, right? $30 million a year. $30 million. So th- this is going to sound crazy to people. So here's what I think we do. Go get Kirk Cousins, pay him the money, right? And watch Cleveland Browns fans get really mad when I say this. Okay. And then you trade the number one pick, and you hope that Josh Allen from Wyoming is still there at number five. I think he will be. And if he's there at number five, now you got Four. Kirk Cousins. You say 
No, because Indy picks at four, right? Don't uh, doesn't Indy pick at four? No, Indy's three. You're yeah. right. We're four. Yeah. Okay, so even better. I think there's a, probably a better chance. You're right. Fantone's right there. I feel like you have a better chance to get Josh Allen at four even than five. And so what I do is I take Kirk Cousins and I tell him, look, bro, you're the guy. There's no doubt you're the guy, right? But you know this league. We got to be prepared for the future. So we're going to go get a guy. And he's legitimately going to be a project. The team is yours. It's you. Trade the first pick, get some other picks, and now you bundle some stuff up and you go to other teams and say, we'll give you these picks, but we need your center, we need your left guard, or the tackle, we need this. And you build the roster with NFL bodies. Now you got Kirk Cousin and your deep picks later in the draft. You go find them some wide receivers that can catch the ball. If the Browns trade the number one pick, people are going to riot, dude. People are going to be furious I think if you furious. get, I think if you get Kirk Cousins, it's not terrible to trade the first pick. Now, if you don't, if it's A.J. McCarron, then I think you got to keep it. Another interesting trade, uh, uh, you know, rumor going around right now is the Eagles trading the Browns for the number four pick because they really want Saquon Barkley and trading him Nick Foles. I don't know if that's going to happen because I think most people think Barkley goes to Indy at three. So I don't know if Philly's going to make you that trade. I also, I feel like Nick Foles is a lot like Case Keenum. Those guys got put into a Ferrari and it turns out they can drive a stick shift. Like, I'm not sure that those guys can drive a Yugo and make it look like a Ferrari. And that's what the Browns are. They're a Yugo. Like, I think Case Keenum is a huge pile of fool's gold. I really do. That team was amazing. He got super lucky to win that playoff game to even go to the NFC Championship game. God, I mean, dude, they were getting beat. He played terribly in that game. And he got really lucky with a late throw late in the game. And, of course, revisionist history, he's amazing. And Nick Foles, I, there might be something in there that feels like a pretty big risk. Like people, and I said this when Carson Wentz went to Philly, that team is loaded down with NFL studs, and we're not. And so I just worry that that's not enough. Kirk Cousins, in my opinion, is a B-plus franchise quarterback guy, which when you've been quarterback starved the way we've been since Brian Sype, I'll take a B-plus stud. I will take it. Maybe then you even keep the first pick, but I go to Kirk Cousins and I tell him, look, dude, we're taking a quarterback. You know this league. We got it. We have to do it, but you're our guy because I maintain that if you make Kirk Cousins feel loved after what's happened with him where he feels like he's been disrespected in Washington, that that chip on that shoulder leads to positive things. I just believe that. Brady's got it. We've seen other players who have it. That chip on the shoulder. I wasn't respected enough coming out of college. That whole thing. I just think it can lead to, to, to good wins. I'm all for the Kirk Cousins thing. I'm all for it. If you offer me my pick between he and A.J. McCarron, I don't even think it's close. I think I take Kirk Cousins in a heartbeat. It's going to be interesting to see what they do. I hope Joe Thomas can get this done because, guys, if he goes, <laughs> I mean, dude, he's the only bright spot we have. So if he retires in front office, he's screaming at you right now on what you need to do to retain your best player. Take what he wants. Give, if, dude, if the theory is give LeBron whatever he wants, then the theory needs to be give Joe Thomas what he wants. More Sansbury Show and a Raising Cane's gift card up for grabs next on Rock 106.9. The Sansbury Show. I have got to get in on this. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. 9 o'clock, we'll send you out to Los Angeles for the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Awards. I wish I could go with you. I kind of miss Los Angeles. I miss the ocean is really what I miss from the West Coast. I, uh, I, I'm, I, 
love the ocean kind of person. I love the ocean. You didn't seem so excited to be jumping into a body of water this past weekend. No, it was <laughs> 30 degrees. <laughs> Lake Cable, a little bit different than the ocean. I'll, yeah. I'll that Actually, I bet the ocean in L- outside of L.A. right now is still not real warm. Better, <laughs> but I bet it's not real warm. But I don't know, man. There's like when you walk down the pier at the Santa Monica Promenade, like it's just... I don't know, man. L.A. is magical. It is. I wouldn't want to live there again, but it is a magical place. And uh, and it's been a while since I've been there. I miss it. Actually, a good friend of mine is moving out of there right now. I was going to go there this summer, but she's actually moving out of there, I think, this week and headed back to Canada, where I will be spending my summer vacation. So you hear this a lot. Money can't buy happiness. And I always say, people tell me all the time, money doesn't matter. And I always say this, and I will continue to say this until they put me in the ground. Money is the only thing that matters. You can talk to me about love and all this stuff. And yes, it's nice. And you should have it. And it will make for a much more fulfilled life. Yes. But don't pay your bills for three months and tell them that your wife loves you and what happens. See, that actually then matters. And so like, it makes me crazy when people try to like demonize money. Because in this country, we also do this. Money's the root of all evil. No, 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 no. The saying is for the love of money is the root of all evil. And see, that little difference changes that entire thing. But of course, Americans want to say money is is the root of all evil then because then the responsibility is off of you. And now you've put the responsibility on this inanimate object. See what I'm saying there? You love that. You love changing that saying because it takes the, it takes the pressure off of you to be better, to be decent. Does that mean that, as you say, money's the only thing that matters? Do you feel like that plays into that saying then? The love of money? Do you feel like... I I feel like there's a difference... There is a difference between recognizing that money is the only thing that can really change your situation in life versus being a person that that values the money over everything else. That you should still, yes, have interactions with people and that love is important, yes. But ultimately, for your survival, the only thing that really matters is money. When you're talking survival and quality of life... Well, not quality of life. Love can dramatically increase your quality of life. That was me going too far. But when when talking about survival and comfort, money is what provides that. Okay? Now, I'm, I'm building this. You feel the build? And it's because I have found out that there's science that backs me up now. I've been saying it for years, decades. And there's now science that can back it up. So they looked into this, a study conducted by researchers at Purdue University. They surveyed 2 million people. I'm sorry, 1.7 million. So just under 2 million people from over 160 countries using the Gallup World Poll. They evaluated their emotional well-being, day-to-day feelings, and overall life satisfaction. They found out that in North America, if you have an income of $95,000 or more, you are that they are the most satisfied with their life overall. Now they say between 60 and 75 you have a you have a very high emotional well-being, but overall you are the most satisfied with your life if you live in America and you make over $95,000. And I would absolutely agree with that. As a guy who doesn't make anywhere near $95,000, but I have in this business before. I have been a six-figure person in this business before and trust me, I was happier than than, than I am now. I like this job more. But I was a happier person, more fulfilled, felt like, felt like my life was on more of the right track when I was able to be able to buy things, spend the money I wanted, save the money I want. When I was able to do that, that, that it puts you at more at ease. Okay? So 
It's also important to point out that this number, these numbers I've given you, were for individuals. So if you're married or have a live-in partner, the number actually has to be higher for you for overall for you to be fulfilled in your life. Yeah, I mean, it obviously makes sense that when you have more money, uh, smaller things, or I guess bigger things, aren't so much of an issue for you in the sense of like, you know, poor people are constantly worried about, well, how am I going to pay my rent? Well, how am I going to pay for my health insurance? How am I going to pay to go to the doctor? How am I going to pay to eat food? When you have all those things taken care of, now all of a sudden it's like, yeah, I've got the availability to focus on other things other than just my struggle. You know what I mean? Because if, 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 if you're poor, you're living that struggle every day that's all that you have is that struggle i mean when once you even i mean just moving from you know from what what's a low hourly job into a decent you know paying job into a you know a salary job that makes a huge amount of difference every step along that ladder you're gonna feel like all right or at least you should feel some sense of pride some sense of like difference that it's made in your life i I can't say i'm surprised by this no absolutely not i i think it's you know people love do poor people People love clinging to this thing that money can't buy happiness. You know why that saying caught on? Because there's more poor people than rich. There's more poor people than rich. You need to you need to believe this lie. Otherwise, you would just focus on how miserable you are. I I I will stand by the side of like just because you have money certainly does not guarantee happiness. No, but it gives you the ability to pursue that happiness that other people don't have, and and that's kind of the thing that I, I like. It's not so much like. It, it makes me happier. It allows me to do the things that make me happier. If you if you are a shallow person and win the lottery, you're not going to be any happier. Right. That's, right. I, I would agree with that. Money does not buy happiness. What money buys is comfort, and comfort relates to happiness. Instead of, in, you know, when you've got the money to do it, instead of having to drive around in a crappy car, you have a new car, and all of a sudden it's like things feel better. Instead of having to spend your entire weekend trying to fix something in your house, you hire somebody to come fix it in your it's house, over. and you're moving Easy. on with your life. You're spending time with your kids or your wife or whatever you feel like gives you purpose. I don't know. Maybe that's spending time at Gatsby's, but but whatever whatever it is, like you now have the ability to go do that so like I, it just just based on money gives you opportunity I, I i cannot argue with this i feel like we have done a disservice in this country telling people that money doesn't matter that that that, that we that we've lied to you dude right. when in reality dude money is the only thing that matters love is nice relationships are great and they can definitely benefit your life and you will be ultimately more fulfilled i would imagine that's probably true Okay, but you can't tell me that if you live outside in a box, even though you love your wife, that you're going to be happy. No, you're not. No, you're not. We have done a disservice to the American people. And of course, corporations and millionaires want to sell you on that pipe dream because they don't want you making the money that they make. Money is the thing that pulls you out of everything. Guys, if money didn't supply happiness, why are we arguing universal basic income in this country right now? What? I, I thought money doesn't buy happiness. Yes, it does. It absolutely does. It buys comfort, which then relates to happiness. I can tell you from personal experience, when I took this job here at Rock 106.9, I was flat broke. Had to, bar, had to bum a ride to get here and had to ask a listener to drive me back home. Didn't have a car. It was flat broke. Broke. Busted. And I was stressed and, and anxiety ridden and all this stuff. Now, four years in, that's how long it had to take, four years in, I, dude, a lot of that's been able to go because I'm back to money being in both of my accounts. I have a new car. I have some things. And it's the luxuries in life that make you happy. It's not the fact that you're shallow and you just need things. It's that comfort makes you feel like you're what? 
comfortable and that life might be okay. Quit falling for this. It's a scam. Love's the only thing that matters. Try telling that to MasterCard when the bills do. I'm telling you, it's not going to go real well. We have a Raising Gains gift card. We'll give you that next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. That guy knows how to party. Rock 106.9. Hey, guys, you got Stansberry here for North Canton Collision, the only pro-first Honda and Acura certified collision center in Stark and T County. North Canton Collision offers you 24-hour towing, on-site rental cars, state-of-the-art paint technology with a lifetime warranty on every single repair. Find them on the corner of South Main and Rose Lane in North Canton or just give them a call at 330-499-5171 or online at NorthCantonCollision.com. North Canton Collision, the folks you call if you've been in a collision, big or small. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sands Ray Show. We're on Rock 106.9. We're online at WRQK.com. And at 9 o'clock, we'll send you out to Los Angeles for the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Awards. I'm looking. Some of, my buddy just sent me this video that this band that's playing the Odeon tonight, Machine Head. Okay. They're damn good. Um, they're a metal band, but they're real good. Um, apparently, they ended their show early last night due to an illness Oof. inside the band. And so, dude, I kind of want to call... I mean, I work at the Agora, but they're doing a lot of renovations, so they're booking shows out of the Odeon right now and some other venues as well. But tonight we're at the Odeon, and I kind of feel like calling and being like, dude, if there's a chance of this, I don't want to drive an hour no. to be sent home. Like, no, no. Yeah, you, you know, should call before you drive for sure. I think I, uh, I think I may do that, but I hope that show goes off, man. I really like Machine Head. Yeah, I really like money, too. Yeah, money's, money, <laughs> as, money is great. As we discussed earlier. Yeah, money's pretty good. It can help you. It can. Uh, I need some money right now. Why is that? Um, according to the Canton Repository, yeah, Meadow Lake Golf and Swim is going to be put up on the auction block. Apparently, it's fifty-five some acres. You get a pool, okay, a bar, golf course, okay. That's a short par three course, um, but that's always kind of been my dream. Like if I won the lottery, like a lot of money, is that I would buy a golf course, build a house inside the clubhouse. And not let anybody play it. And then it's just you in there. And it's just me and my friends. Fortress of Solitude, Stansberry, just a man alone, an island. Can do whatever I want. Play golf whenever I want. Like, that would be a dream of mine. Now, did they list a price? I know it's an auction, right? But uh, did they did they give even, like, a, a guess? I didn't go all the way into the article. My guess is that, yeah, even though it's an auction, there'll be a starting point right. of what it is they're looking for, but I don't know what it would yeah, be. Yeah, you can't just walk up there and hope you're the only one, like, hey, 15 bucks, man, 15 <laughs> bucks on this. Um, I, Now, I, yes, it's going to be a lot of money, but I wonder what your realistic, like, net worth would have to be to make that dream a reality. I don't know. Let's find out. $25 million, I I would say if you're worth 25 million, you could probably make a golf course happen, right? Oh, I know a guy who owns a golf course that would sell it to you a lot less than that. Well, I'm not. I'm not saying you, it's going to cost you 25 million. You probably have to have. You know what I mean? Like, so I mean, you probably buy a golf course for a couple million, right? Two, I, three, four. I know a guy right now that would sell you his course right now for a million and for a half. Million, for a million up. A million half. Okay. Actually, as a matter of fact, he, it, you know how like every, it's not really for sale, but everything's for sale. Of course. It's like kind of one of those things of course. where I've been told that if you show up with $2 million and agree not to, not to make it anything but a golf course over the next five years, he'd sell it. Really? Yeah. I that he would sell it. And it's a great money. piece of land, dude. I wish it's, he had $2 million. Oh, dude, you have no idea. Yeah. Um, although, same guy owns that golf course. I talk to him all the time. I have dinner with him all the time. And he tells me that, dude, it's a passion project. That he has it because he loves it. He's never turned a profit 
with the golf course yeah, ever. I was going to say, I assume this is very much like a restaurant where it's like, yeah, dude, we should totally open up a bar. We should totally open up a restaurant. We should totally open a golf course. Right. And then you do it. You've got paper thin profit margins. And, and, and I'm sure countless times it's been like, well, you know, we didn't really make money, but we didn't lose it either. And that's a success in itself. Yeah. He tells me all the time. He's like, it's a passion project. I lose money every year with this. Ah, see, now don't get me wrong. I mean, I understand you're passionate about golf. To me, it's like, man, I would, I would much rather just pay to play as opposed to pay to own. I don't know, man. And dude, an empty golf course is like an empty gym. Like you just feel better about what you're about to do. Nobody can judge you on how bad you are. Right. None of that stuff. Right. You just you can relax. It'd be great. I uh, and dude, I like where that place is at. How much acreage do you think you would need there? So I mean, like, I, I if, if my my buddy Dustin uh, texted in and uh, he said he looked into this and he's got some more facts for us. Fifty five acres is what Meadow Lake is, right? And is that a full eighteen? Yes, they have a front and a back nine, but again, dude, it's a glorified par three. Okay. So it's like really short. As a matter of fact, the first hole there, if you're a long hitter, you can drive the green there. You, you can do oh, it. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a very short, it's a glorified par three course. So, I mean, to get to get a real nine on there, and let's be real, if that's, if that's you know, if that's what you had to settle with, I think you could probably survive. I mean, you, you need, what, 20 acres? That's an obtainable goal. It's not like 20 acres of land. I mean, that's a lot, but it's not like... Oh, I have a buddy who has a huge piece of land and he put three holes in his backyard yeah, that's what i was gonna say is is that's probably your realistic thought there is not so much like i'm gonna buy a golf course and go live on it but dude if you buy 10 acres of property you could put you, you could fit some some, some holes on yeah there. my buddy he put a he put a long par five as his first hole right. then you make the turn to the left he's got a par four and then you come up back towards the house on a par three yeah dude that's not a uh that's it's sweet i i, I honestly it's nice that's one of those things that sounds very far off but like nah dude you could make that happen all right, Keith Kennedy. It's time to renegotiate, <laughs> time buddy. Time to renegotiate. Contract. <laughs> time to renegotiate. Oh man, I'd give anything to have that. I yeah, really would. I, uh, I I think that I think that should be a Stansbury bucket list item now. Start saving your pennies. That's my daydream, honestly. When I date, you know, sometimes you're like, man, I wish somebody would just drop a pile of cash off at my house. You know what I mean? Like when I do that, I think I'm like, I would like what I would like to do is go find, and again, I would move. I I, I would I would move away, but I to go find like a rundown. Golf course is somewhere on the coast of Oregon that's got some like it's got some potential. It's already got the bones, right? Yeah, hire hire the right ground screw to kind of come in, get it built up, and do this. Now you got to take care of that land a lot. Like it's not like a lawn; like no. you got to cut it constantly. So you'd have to hire some people, and that's going to get expensive and do that kind of thing. But that's the, right. dude, that's what my daydreams are. I need another job anyway. So dude, your boy's not doing anything. He's got time. No, Phantom will like dude. You did, yeah. You could you could double you could double job it. You could be bagger van and club me and then you know and then after that I'd be like dude cut the grass I think I'm quadruple dropping it right now so <laughs> yeah, yeah dude gonna, I'm throwing throw them on Big I was gonna say there. we have a Raising Cane's gift card we'll uh, get you hooked up with that right now we'll take caller 20 1-800-243-7625 on that and next on Rock 106.9 your shot at the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Awards Rock 106.9 welcome back to the Sandsbury Show we're on Rock 106.9 online for you at WRQK.com All your favorite music, all your favorite stations are on iHeartRadio. You start thumbing songs up or down, we'll hand uh, pick songs that suit your needs. You can also find a 24-7 Sandsbury Show channel on iHeartRadio. Either download or open the app today. I make a ghetto boy station. Yeah, it wouldn't be the worst. Wouldn't be the worst, dude. Wouldn't be the worst. All week, my, uh, my gym playlist has been... Like a good, like a good solid hip hop mix. As a matter of fact, it was 
I think it was Wednesday, like I was at the gym. And this is like one of the things about music that's so awesome is that I, uh, I just felt like I had pushed my body as far as I could. And then next thing you know, Circulate by GZ comes on my iHeartRadio, and I'm like, no, you know what, dude? I think I have three minutes and 47 seconds exactly left in my body, and uh, it can continue to go. So I've been actually I've been using my iHeartRadio a lot at the gym recently. It's been coming in handy, and making being able to make your own playlist and your own stations comes in handy at the gym, or pretty much sitting around the house doing nothing. Download iHeartRadio today. I see this. I keep seeing this meme all morning. And it's kind of making me nuts where it says, you know, in a DUI, we, we blame the person who got the DUI. In a bombing, we blame the bomber. And in a gun tragedy, we blame the gun. And again, I call this either bar or happy hour logic, um, it, 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 depending on which one you like better there. Uh, I'll decide and then we'll put out a T-shirt and then, you know, I'll get rich and you guys will own new T-shirts. But this is wrong, essentially, because we've changed those laws now where we don't only just charge the person who got the DUI. As a matter of fact, in a lot of cases now, we go back to the bar, charge the bar owner and the bartender. Change drinking and driving laws. I mean, so, yeah, there's, so, so, there's so changes. So you're wrong. Like, we, we, we don't just charge the person who got the DUI. We, we look to the people who overserve that person. Now, does the overall point still hold because you don't go back to the alcohol manufacturer? Yes, there is, there is part of that. But ultimately, dude, we do look to put the responsibility on more than one person. Yeah, and I mean, we you know we obviously made manufacturers put warning labels on stuff. I mean, every commercial that they run now. So like, and there's been a severe decline in drunk driving. I mean, you look back at numbers from previous decades to what it is now. It seems like it's working. So like, I I I, I take that point. I just don't know if it's necessarily you know like you said. It's just if you're sharing a meme, don't think you solve this problem. Yeah, I don't think so. I I, I really don't. And. I, I just think it's more nuanced than that. I think it's and all these fixes just seem they're too narrow. It's too small of a net. Like I, I get that teachers having guns. That seems like that'll do it. And gun control will do it. And I, I agree with the people who say, look, we have dude. Heroin's illegal. And do we people are dying at an alarming rate. There is sense in that. Should we should we not restrict the usage of heroin then? Well, uh, dude, you got to understand, man, I'm a different person that where I believe that, dude, honestly, it may be time for this country to look at the drug issue in America and go, you know what, dude, maybe what we do is legalize. Maybe that's what we do. How much worse could it really get? As a matter of fact, I was watching this thing the other day with Johan Hari, who is a, a, he's a depression uh, you know, expert and also a little bit with you know, the addiction issue as well. And I believe it was Sweden. I'm pretty sure it was Sweden, where they legalized heroin. And what they did was this. You don't just like get the heroin and the needles and you go wherever you want and shoot up. You go to like essentially the heroin factory. It's it's only open for a few hours in the morning. You have to be there by a certain time. You get your heroin, they give you your needles, and you shoot up right there. And then what happens is what they found is is a the addict knows what's in those drugs because it's not going to be filled with fentanyl and all this other stuff that's like dropping bodies, right? And so what you're getting is pure heroin, so the addicts love it, and they're finding out that less people are dying 
in, even on the black market trade of, of using heroin, less, not one single fatality has happened in the legal building where you can shoot up the heroin. Not one person has died, again, because of what you're being given and what, and what you're not being given, more importantly. And it should be pointed out that the president of the country lives right across the street from the busiest legal heroin den they have, meaning everybody's big fear of this isn't real. The Those all sound great to me, and I think you could take all those numbers and you could say, plus it's going to save you a billion dollars, America, and people still wouldn't buy into that. You, I know. Be, be, because I think people are very, very, very caught up on the punishment aspect of drug addiction, where it's like, I don't care. You deserve to be punished. Doesn't matter if it makes financial sense. Doesn't matter if it's, it stops dead bodies. Doesn't matter if it leads to recovery. You need to be punished. I think America's very caught up on that. We're, we're, yeah, we're way behind in this regard because, as a matter of fact, they found in Sweden that all crime went down. Um, uh, all that being said, I, 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 you know, and especially as somebody who I, you know, I view myself as definitely somebody on the left. Um, we have to stop point posting these things of like, well, in Scotland they did banned all guns, and now there hasn't been a school shooting since then. You just can't point at other examples in other countries and say like, all right, well, that's our exact solution. Like, I well, not only that, but I mean, dude, I, I'm. Pretty Pretty sure I read a report yesterday where the, where where knife interactions in London skyrocketed when you know because of the gun restriction there. And ultimately, dude, if people want to hurt you, they're going to find a way to hurt you. I do buy into that. That's why, like, this idea of take every gun, put them in the bottom of the ocean, is kind of lunacy. Yeah, I mean, it's it's an impossible feat, right it's a there. Stupid it's, idea. It, it, it's it's not going to happen. Um, I'm not saying that we can't take ideas and like try to see, you know, how could this work in our country. It's just, but much like it's not as easy as sharing something that says, well, we don't blame drunk drive or we don't blame the alcohol companies you just can't share something that says well in scotland there haven't been any shootings like there's like you said there's nuance to these conversations it's it's a much more complex issue than what we're going to try to make it and that's why it that's why it bothers us so much and that and that there's death attached to it is ultimately why it bothers us and why it should bother us i just don't think any one thing you're going to have to borrow a little bit of water from every bucket and then you're going to figure out like oh this is so now I'm being asked, are you saying it's okay, that heroin is okay to use? No, of course not. But neither is alcohol. You know what alcohol is? It's poison. And yet we let you do it. In, in my mind, in this country, you don't need a reason to make something legal. You need a reason to make it illegal. And I would tell you that if you make all drugs legal, like here's what people's big fear is, right? That if you legalize drugs, that addicts are just going to be in the street. Well, Congratulations, America. They're already passing out in cars and parking lots where your kids are. But this this idea that a drug addict all of a sudden is going to want to shoot up in front of your kid because it's legal is crazy. Drug addicts don't want to be around non-drug addicts because they feel the pressure and they feel the judgment. They're going to want to stick with their own anyway. Of course, heroin's not okay to use. But ultimately, at the end of the day, what we have done is spent a I mean, billions of dollars on the just say no and the drug problem in America. We're funding both sides of this. Therefore, it will never get fixed. So ultimately, do I think it is a better system to bring it in-house, legalize it, allow people to come to a building where they're inside, not outside, shooting up between a certain amount of hours, and then they're done for the day? Yeah, because I've seen it work in other places. I, I, I mean, do there's data. There, there's no denying that if you if, that if you offer treatment and rehabilitation, that the problem gets better than just locking people up. There's no debating it. 
Every place that's done it, the crime and the death has gone down. Now, I know you can make the same argument with the gun control issue, but remember, like I said yesterday, I'm I'm pro-choice, sorry. I'm pro-choice, but I don't want you getting an abortion in the ninth month. You see what I'm saying? So I'm okay with restrictions over things that can be legal. Just because it's legal doesn't mean it's free reign. There is still restriction. We restrict when you can drink alcohol. We restrict when you can buy alcohol. We restrict when you can drive on alcohol. Is heroin okay to use? No. But most drugs aren't okay to use. You know what's also not okay to use? Sugar. Sugar's not okay to use. Leads to obesity, diabetes, a lot of medical problems. But we let you use it whenever the hell you want. Because donuts don't look to you the way heroin does. But if we would have had a different view of the drug issue from the beginning of your life till now, you wouldn't look at heroin the way you do now. You've been sold this dialogue that, that it's just this, when in reality, like every other issue, it's more complex than that. Uh, would I want my kids doing heroin? No. But would I rather we have safe places where people can do it and they stop dropping like flies because we know what's in it? And ultimately then, those what they did also find out in Sweden, by the way, is the people that showed up there for the heroin also, I think it was something like seven out of ten of them asked for further help on how to get off the drug. Seven out of ten. You can't deny this kind of stuff. We need to rethink so many things we do in this country. But again, I'm just going to keep harping on this. And I know I'm going to sound like a like a maniac, that, like conspiracy theorist. But in all reality, all the fixes, the real fixes to these problems threaten the money train. And that's why I think you'll just never see it done here. I just don't. And also going back to the gun thing. I know other countries have had some success doing some other things, and we should examine some of that. And I've said this from the beginning, and people laugh at me, but I think I'm right. I always think I'm right, so I don't know if I am or not, but I think I am. I do think Americans overall are more violent than a lot of other nations. I could be wrong on that, but I feel as if we are a more violent people inside than some other places. I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I don't think I am. Your shot at a trip to the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Awards happens right now. Your shot at a trip to our iHeartRadio Music Awards now. Text the keyword TRIP to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's TRIP to 200-200. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. We have Ozzy tickets. We'll pass those out here momentarily. He's playing September Blossom. Those go on sale this weekend. We're going to get you in before the box office will open. I have to clear a few things up, make things a, a little bit more clear for some people. Because, again, I kind of got into this heroin thing and started talking about what Sweden was doing where there's, like, you know, injection sites and you're allowed, you have to do it inside the building. You're not allowed to take the heroin out of the building. And it's done wondrous things for their problems. They saw even black market use come down. They saw fatalities come down. And they saw most of the people who were coming to the places to, that were on heroin ask for help because they wanted to get off the heroin. So, of course, I now have upset some people, right, because we just have a very rigid view of this. And I'll paraphrase here, but this guy's telling me about a family member of his who um, has health insurance and was not covered for some antibiotics. And he's like, but this isn't covered, but now you want to make heroin legal and free. Okay, again, I'll I'll try to lay this out the best I possibly can. I, I, I think I said, I think it was yesterday I said that to get anything done, you got to give to get. And both sides got to give. All right. So I've seen this argument about diabetics, right? 
that if that if heroin's a disease and we're going to give heroin addicts heroin and inject you know needles to use that, then why do diabetics have to pay for their medicine? That makes sense to me. I believe there's probably a little what I call barroom logic in there, but ultimately there is some sense in there. So fine, okay, that's your resistance. Fine, I green light it. Diabetics, you get your needles for free. Now, what's your next argument? What's the next one? You don't have one, right? So I'll meet you in the middle. How about we do this? How about we stop funding the drug war, take that money, and work towards rehabilitation? But you know what the problem with that is? Too many people make their money off of the drug war. A lot of jobs. A lot of, uh, you know, a lot of prosecutors will be out of work. A lot of law enforcement would essentially be out of work. There's too much money in the drug war. They're never going to do it. If you go to, like... Like Glen Bay, right? Like that's one of the big. That's uh, like the name the, here. That, yeah, that's the 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 the, the Walmart the of it here. The treatment site for Northeast Ohio. Sure, that's not free. No, it's a ton of money. Your health insurance will cover a part of that. If and your not health a insurance lot. will, if some will, some won't. I mean, there's going to be some some health insurances that cover you know y- y- your dad's antibiotics, and there's some that won't. So like I, I don't know. I would assume that if you're do- if you're going through this heroin site. You're going to be doing that essentially through. I mean, you're going to be paying for that. I never thought this was this was like, oh well, hey, you just get free heroin. I, I, I assume there was money involved in this. I would imagine. I'd have to look further into it. I don't want to speak out of turn on that because I don't well, actually know. Well, and I mean, Sweden doesn't. You know, Swedish citizens have free health insurance. Right. Well, paid for health insurance, but they have universal coverage there. So, like, if we stopped funding the drug war. We could fix everything else, but again, too many to re- do. Too many professions rely on it. Too many people out of work the next day if you if you end the drug war. Make no mistake, that's why we do it. Make no mistake. Again, like this whole new thing now is Donald Trump doesn't care about you, and I've been saying forever. Show me the president that cared about you. I know some of them had softer messages, and they said they cared more about you than Trump does. But no president has cared about you any more than he does. I I, I find that to be a complete and utter false narrative that nobody was out to hold your hand. But if you stopped funding the drug war, we could afford all the things we want. But again, you put too many people out of work doing that. But I love this. Like now we're gonna make heroin free. What what's your bitch? That that guy on the street corner is not gonna not gonna make two thousand dollars today. Like is that your complaint? Taking that money drug- out of drug dealers' hands. I mean, yes. dude, is that your yes. complaint that drug dealers don't make money? I mean, that seems like a pretty flimsy argument to me. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess as I've kind of looked into this a little bit more, I mean, this is a decades-long thing that's been going on in the Scandinavian countries. This is not exclusive to Sweden, but yes, they're definitely one of the big. Yeah, you know, no, they're part of one it, of the sure. lead, one of the leaders in this. Um, and here's the thing: is, is like, do do either Stansberry or I guarantee this is the answer and this is what's going to work? No. But like, but if we're not going to have these conversations and you're not going to allow yourself to look at new data, to look at new ideas, and you're just going to shut things off immediately. Once again, we are never going to solve this problem. Well, here's what I know. We've treated it as a criminality issue since the beginning of time. It gets worse every year. So do the same thing. Get the same results is literally the definition of insanity. What would my father say? Daniel, do this. Do what you've always done. Get what you've always got. We've treated this solely as a criminality issue since the beginning of time. It's getting worse Every single year, we had to bring a mobile morgue, a we had to bring a trailer down here to stack bodies in. I mean, what do I always say about problems like this? There is no silver bullet, so you fire clips. And diabetics, fine, I'll give you your needles, I'll give you your medication for free, but then you got to give me this on the other side. See, both sides come together, give up something that they don't want to, and the problem gets fixed. 
But that's the problem with this country, is that a Democrat feels like they can't give a Republican anything, and a Republican feels like they can't give a Democrat anything, because if you do, you're weak. You're not real. You're a Republican in name only. Rhino, man. Or the same side, same way on the other side. We're giving in, finding middle ground in this country is considered to be pussy. And until we stop that backwards-ass caveman type of thinking, we're never going to fix anything. Ultimately, we're never going to fix anything, like I said, because follow the money. And ultimately, dude, it's all about corruption and people skimming off the top. We love the drug war in this country because people are stealing drugs and stealing money in all these operations and getting rich. And that's why they'll never end it. That's why they will never end it because it funds all of this stuff. Funds it all. Illegal drugs, illegal money, all that stuff, dude. There's two, there's millions of dollars at stake that people are going to lose, and that's why they never vote for it. But yes, do I believe that rehabilitation of a drug issue is a bigger step forward than just locking you up in jail? Which, by the way, what do you want to pay for? What's the difference? If you're going to pay for them to be locked up in jail, then what's the difference if you pay for them to do heroin in a building you're never going to see? I don't really see the difference. Now, again, I used to be one of these people where it'd be like, what? We're going to give drug addicts drugs? And it would have made me crazy until more and more people started to show me like, well, look, dude, if we do this and if we do this, it offsets. And within five years, we could reduce it from here to here. You're never going to eradicate problems, but it doesn't mean you don't try to take the steps that can help ease it, especially when things reach epidemic levels. I understand that there are arguments and there are other diseases that aren't covered and this and that, but dude, people are dying at the point where we need mobile morgues. Think of how sad that is that we had to, we had to get a trailer so we could stack bodies on top of one another. Think about dude. visualize that. Don't just hear me visualize it. That is one of the saddest things I've ever heard. We better do something Maybe not my idea. Maybe it's your idea. But we better take a swing soon or we're going to lose everything. Those Aussie tickets up for grabs next on Rock 106.9. Hope boys brought popcorn. The Stansberry Show. Because I'm about to put on a show. Rock 106.9. And all I got to say is it's Friday. And everybody help me say the sinner's prayer. Say, oh, God. I, I, I don't have words at all. I, I, I... Oh, my man. Clint. Parker. Melinda Brown Duncan, baby. I'll be there and I will mow you down under my tires. I promise that. A friend of mine said to me the other day, why don't you write a song about all this NFL stuff? So here goes. It's called Kick the Dust Up. If, if he were habitual homosexuals, then by all means, take a hike. I thought I like women. Women, 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 women. It is, other than jazz, it's the only other real American art form there is. There's a dirty little secret. I've said that if... Melinda Brown Duncan, baby! If it weren't my daughter, perhaps I'd be dating her. But he gotta eat the booty like groceries. You gonna die doing this dumb ass, yeah. f***ing fool? Open your mouth so I can give you this milk. Open your f***ing mouth, man. I gotta do you like my two-year-old baby. The truth of the matter is... You were not a good baby. Well, you ain't seen nothing, my friend, until you have a flame coming out of your butthole and you need an asbestos diaper to be able to keep that flame from burning a hole in your pants. You ain't seen nothing yet. And I don't know nothing about it, but I learned quick, fast, and hurt. They call her Melinda Brown Duncan, baby. What? Yeah, it's, it's for real, for real, yeah. I've been drinking, huh? You told me to leave while I'm in my order while you're making out with that 
slut. Being in the industry with how much <laughs> you take on your face. Bam, all upside his head. Just slap him. Make him make you slap somebody. This is her. This is the upper. You're six years old. You know, I and your kid I ain't to take, off, I to take off my shoes. So kiss my black. I am outraged. Not okay. Make fun of my nose. They call me ugly. They say I have no friends. I'm a made man. What do I get? I was like a pack other guys that are doing what I want to be doing and I'm sitting on the couch being a loser. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. About to end the program, we have some Aussie tickets for you. Dude, I'm watching this interview with this girl from Parkland, Florida. Yeah. That's making the claim that she feels like, given everything that happened, that there had to be another shooter. She says she spoke to the... So after shots were fired and claims that there was another shooter... Wow. I wonder if we end up finding that out. Um, in a moment like that, there's going to be a lot of chaos. So I'm not necessarily surprised to find out that someone thinks something. Um, I'm sure, you know, I, I guess we have to have faith in law enforcement that they're going to do their job and we'll find out what happened. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, there are people who believe we're not told the truth about what happened in Las Vegas. So, I mean. Uh, and, you know, I, I do. I believe the media lies to us whenever the hell they can. Every chance they get, I feel like they do. So I would not be surprised. Um, and I also think it does take time to collect data and collect information and find other things. And uh, you know what I mean? So that may end up being the case. Um, it'll be interesting to what comes out of that over the weekend. We are off on Monday, uh, President's Day. I feel very guilty about that. I, it feels to me like one of those days I shouldn't be taking off of work, but the companies like, do get out of here. So we're going to do that. We'll be back Tuesday morning at 6 a.m. Before we head out for the weekend, let's get you hooked up with these Aussie tickets. We'll take color 20 right now at 1-800-243-7625 on those. Aside from that, Teresa will get you hooked up with a trip out to Los Angeles for the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Awards. That will be at 11 a.m. is when she will give you your keyword. You guys have a great weekend. See you. The Stansberry Show. All right. I like it. I like it a lot. Rock 106.9.